I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Crimey River, Crimey River. How you feeling today, Isaac Harris? Uh, feel pretty good. Yeah, feeling pretty good. This D- game, despite the news. Oh, okay. I didn't know you wanted to talk about get start off the pod on such a freaking sad note. I, now you're going to depress me for the whole pod. He's got one more year, Isaac. In a, I'm super glad he gets it. Everybody better be bringing out all the all of the stops for his retirement tour. That's all. <laughs> I, that's all I care about. And I'm here for all of that content. Um, if he puts out a world tour shirt, I'm buying it. I need a hat. I need everything. <laughs> Because I'm ready to make the argument that Vince Carter's better than Dwayne Wade. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Um, if you guys, you know where Vince Carter went to school? If you guys didn't hear, was it in one of the was it in one of the Carolinas or was it? It was in North, right, North Dakota. If you guys didn't hear, Vince Carter announced that he's playing one more season and then he's going to retire. He announced that on the jump today, <laughs> um, and that's Isaac's all-time favorite player. He went to UNC. Isaac is a, a ridiculously loyal unc apologist uh for yeah. some reason so he loves vince carter all-time favorite player and he's uh he's he's calling it so good career for him he's gonna end with like what 22 seasons i mean that's nuts yeah that's crazy insane still doing windmills still doing 360s uh one of the best guys in the nba i mean you can't find a more well-respected dude in the league and what he's done the past few years of like he he's like he's had the possibility of going to joining guys like Golden State and some of these guys like he could have went to some of these teams over the past three or four years, but instead he decided to take the road less traveled and went to play for the Hawks. Well, like the Hawks and the Kings and like hearing him talk about it, it's just it's really rare you see a player like that saying, "Hey, I'm not like going to chase rings, but I want to go. I want to go to these teams and help the next generation kind of be ushered in." And hearing him talk about like the impact, and hearing those young guys in like Sacramento of being able to be with De'Aaron Fox and some of those guys, and now going to Atlanta and being with Trey Young and some of those guys, like I just love. You just never see that. It's never about that for players. And I just, well, I'll down his hill all day long. That's my favorite, probably my favorite athlete of all time too. I just uh, bigger than Jordan, bigger than Dirk um, for me and. Vince is yeah, Vince is Vince. So I'm just glad I'm glad I get to see uh, see him at least. As media people, we have on our credential that you can't get pictures with with people with like famous people that you see you at can't games. Ask for autographs or takes. You're not supposed either. to ask for all that stuff. Now some people really push the limits with that. Um, some <laughs> media people, uh, as far as getting pictures with players and stuff, I take that very, you know, very seriously and very professionally. I, I never ask for any of that. And, um, he might, it might be tempting this year, his last time to the AAC. Uh, now 
it would be glorious if he was a Dallas Maverick next year. So uh, that would be uh, amazing. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, his next trip to the AAC, I might uh, put uh, all of that in limbo and try to get a picture with him because he he's the best. He's the best for me. So there you go. That's more Vince Carter talk than you thought you were going to get on the podcast today. It's very true. Today on the podcast, we are going to profile Goran Dragic. We have talked about him before in in spurts here and there, but we're going to do the full free agent profile. Uh, but before we do that, we got to talk about the NBA Finals. Game three obviously just ended right before we recorded this, so if anything crazy happens as far as, like, like I don't know, if Draymond Green rushes to the Raptors locker room or something, then we're not going to hear about it. But um, Isaac. Steph Curry. Yeah. I don't know who the people that you were listening to that said that he wasn't good in the playoffs, but man, he just, he proved all those people wrong. <laughs> just incredible. I mean, one of, one of my favorite performances I've seen, even though that they haven't, um, you know, that they didn't win, you know, that that's, and they got, you know, Toronto pulled away towards the end, but you know, this was Steph's game. I mean, everybody knew, the, especially the moment they said Clay wasn't going to play. Like for them to even have a shot, I mean, I was just joking with somebody at work today and just said, "Hey, he's going to have the forty tonight for them to just have a shot." And you know, you end up with forty-seven. And you were but, wrong. <laughs> he needed more yeah. than that for them to get a shot. <laughs> yeah, I know, and uh, that. But I think what impressed me more was, you know, those that the second half of that fourth quarter when the the game was pretty much, you know, pretty much done at that point, even though he was still in there. But I mean, Steph was diving around the floor. He, was. he I mean, he still was just giving one hundred and ten percent. And I just thought this was a heck of a game for him, a heck of a performance from him. That hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give literally everything I have. And uh, it looked like he did. And I mean, as weird as it sounds, because it's freaking Golden State and this run, they just didn't have enough. <laughs> and it just felt like watching the game, it played out like you thought it would, as far as just, you know, they just, they hung around, but they just didn't have enough to, you know, overtake, to get over the hump, really. It's wild. The team that was the, the stackedest team, <laughs> you know, that. We look at it and we're like, oh, and they add DeMarcus Cousins and all this, and now you get to the finals, and man, they're getting they're getting the 2015 Cavs treatment. I mean, really, like the the team that made it all, or was it 2015, or what was the the Cavs team that made it? And Kyrie and Love were hurt. Was that 17? No, I can't or was it 15? Getting... It probably was 15. Or he just he's made it to the end. He's playing with like Della Vadova and Tristan Thompson. All four of those finals kind of run together, except for the Durant ones, but. <laughs> It's- yeah, and something I, something like even, <laughs> I was arguing with my dad tonight because uh, my dad's really rooting for the Raptors and because he's just kind of tired of the Warriors thing, which I get. There's Warriors fatigue for sure, but uh, I'm still kind of rooting for them. And uh, but uh, my dad was like, "Hey, okay, cool. They're missing people. They still have a freaking All Star team." I'm like, "Come on, oh, come on!" Like, <laughs> you can't sit here and watch this game and say Steph had, uh, you know, an insane amount of uh, of help. I mean, you. St- I mean, whatever Boogie is right now, this is not uh, 100% Boogie. Andre Iguodala is not fully healthy, uh, which I get Kawhi is not either. But, I mean, even looking at – I mean, you take any team and say, hey, two out of the top three highest-played players on the team are, are out in KD and Clay, but then you keep on going down the line. I mean, if you just take away names, these guys are getting huge minutes. Uh, you got – like, just looking at their salaries – 
you got a guy making 1.5, uh, 1.3, 1.5, Andrew Bogut, 300,000 right now. I mean, these are like, if you just throw out these, uh, these salary numbers, say, Hey, these are the guys that's making, uh, or that's logging huge minutes for you. That that's the part that's just insane. And so it's just weird. Um, just seeing the team, seeing a team like that, and it, it felt like they just tried everything. But you got to give Toronto cre- credit; they hit a ton of shots tonight, and it felt like they hardly missed. Yeah, with the Warriors, I mean, at, at a certain point, they're out there playing Curry and Draymond with Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney, and Andrew Bogut. I mean, yeah. honestly, would any of those players suit up for the Raptors? <laughs> besides, Gosh. besides Curry, Draymond, obviously. Uh, I don't think they would. I don't think either any of those three guys would suit up for the Raptors. Um, I think if the like if the Mavericks started with those three guys with next to Luca and Porzingis, I don't think the Mavericks make the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I'm no. you know what I'm talking about? That's where this team is at that point. Uh, you know, and Iguodala, he he's obviously still playing. And Cousins, man, he looked so bad. I mean, yeah, this everything I said about Demarcus Cousins in our on our profile is starting to prove true. Um, well, just about the I, he's it's where he's at. He shouldn't be playing right now, but I know. But he, this he is went the, out there this is gave, the downside to this. I don't think this this would be a full season look of Boogie though. Like this is this is hey, I tore my quad. You know what? Uh, a couple, I mean, a month ago or however long the first round of the playoffs, and now he's not only came back from the Achilles, but now the quad thing. I think you. I think this is literally like thirty percent of Boogie that you're gonna get. And he shouldn't even be playing, but he's just out there giving whatever he has, and it's just not very good right now. I think it's kind of a disservice to him to say this is what you're going to get from Boogie the rest of his career. Yeah, probably true, but he's still not going to be good. Ooh, I think he can be good, but <laughs> um, he's still not going to be good for the maps because he's not going to play for the maps. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably true. Um, yeah, and then I mean, Bogut and Jordan Bell was really bad. Jarebko was really bad. Uh, Alfonso McKinney's bad. Livingston did Yeah, McKinney. I, I was. I, I liked him. I like. You know, it's a good story. But that's. I mean, that's your help. That's the guys. <laughs> and, Quinn and, Cook's literally their fourth best player right now. And Iguodala's thirty six. I mean, he, yeah. It's not like he is. You know, young Andre Iguodala. It's still. You know, out there he can go out there and do his thing, but he's not. It's still be, very hurt. I mean, I, yeah, I was true. listening to. I guess it was Jackie McMullen two days ago and she said she talked to Iguodala and, and Iguodala just told her straight up he goes if I was smart I wouldn't be playing so that he is still very very hurt um and but he is doing everything to play through it and I, I get it. there's a lot of people saying hey it's the playoffs it's the finals everybody plays hurt in that but some of these injuries are just a little bit different and uh but there, I mean, it's literally the limp through the to the finish line. I think the only way that the Warriors are going to win this series, well, obviously, um, <laughs> that's a dumb thing. I was going to say as if it goes super, you know, super long series, but it has to at this point. Uh, but they have to be rooting for a seven game series at this point. Yep. What if the Raptors go up three one and the Warriors come back and beat them? <laughs> they get they get KD back and they come back and and finally get the three one monkey off their back. Um, I would be completely shocked if KD and Clay does not play on Friday. I think one of them for sure plays on Friday. KD or Clay, so one of the one of the two. K- Cl- yes, KD has been out now a month. So, yeah, at this point, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. But Isaac, before we do, uh, and when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, 
We'll talk about the Raptors a little bit more. But before we do, Isaac, I just looked up who the Himalaya numbers. We have a Himalaya numbers update. Okay, so the last time we checked, it was like at what? We're at like just about 200. We were like, okay, let's try to pass Lockdown NFL. Isaac, where do you think we are in Himalaya right now? I'm going to say we're – are we are we top five yet? We are top five in the Locked On Podcast Network. We are at – Let's go. 252 followers. Oh, my gosh. Which is awesome. Thank you guys for downloading the new Himalaya app. Let's keep going because right ahead of us is Locked On NFL Draft. The NFL Draft is over, guys. We can't, we can't have less – you know, followers than the NFL draft. It already happened. It's done. So we just need 12 more. So if 12 of you listening right now can just download the Himalaya app, follow Locked On Mavs. You can also, the Himalaya app, I, I feel like it's really cool because you can go on and you can comment on individual episodes. So if you go on there and comment and you give like a shout out, I'll read it on the podcast. So how about we do that? Um, I'll read your shout outs on the, on the podcast next, next time we do Himalaya. So there you go. Download the Himalaya app. Also, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Have you seen the Hotels.com commercial with Lil John? I don't think so. Uh, it's the guy sitting on a plane, and he's like, he's upset that his friend got to go on a, an awesome trip, and he's like, oh, he's there with Lil John, and the guy next to him goes, it's Lil John. And uh, subconsciously, I have been reading these ads, the Hotels.com ads. He goes, be there, do that, get rewarded. That's in our copy. And I've been reading it in Lil John's voice, and I didn't realize why I was doing that until until tonight when I saw the commercial again on TV on uh, when I saw it on Hulu. But he goes, be there, do that, get rewarded, like in his Lil John voice. And I couldn't re- remember why I was doing that. Uh, the subconscious is an interesting place. So go to Hotels.com, book your trip, get rewarded anywhere. Like Lil John says, be there, do that. Get rewarded. Also, today's show is sponsored by Untuck It. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. That promo code is NBA, just the NBA three letters. Get 25, get 20% off untuckit.com. All right, Isaac. The Raptors, like you said, made a bunch of shots. Lowry had probably his best game of the finals so far. He didn't foul. Yeah. He didn't foul out, which is always a positive. <laughs> it's always a positive for him. He didn't foul out. Um, Marcus All came back and had a good game. Every every player in the Raptors starting five was in double digit scoring. Uh, it had had more than seventeen points. It's massive for them. Um, Leonard Kawhi Leonard had a really quiet thirty point game. Um, he he and Van Vliet both look like they're dealing with injuries themselves. It's not just the Warriors that are that are banged up. I think I think. Kawhi and, and Van Vliet are dealing with some stuff too. Obviously not as bad as KD yeah. and, and Clay, but uh, Kawhi, Kawhi definitely for sure. He just he looks just not a hundred percent for sure, uh, but he's still thirty point seven boards, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. <laughs> that's yeah. that's not hundred percent Kawhi. Um, he's the best player in the series when he's a hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear at this – well, um, I say pretty clear. In my mind, I think Kawhi, this playoff run, uh, really the season, but in particular this playoff run, I think it's established, it, it's established back in the top three player in the league. And uh, right now I, I think it's KD1 and Kawhi2 as far as best players in the NBA, um, just considering you know both sides of the floor with that. But, 
Yeah, I think Doris Burke had a, a stat on Zach Clothespaw, which freaking Doris Burke. I love her. She so there's good. no there's no reason Mark Jackson should be calling a game against. It should be Doris Burke over him. Um but I think I think it was her that gave the stat of I think they're like four and one when Gasol scores over like ten points. Like the ten points doesn't sound like a lot, but that when he when he scores over ten points, like they they win, uh, you know, they win those games in the playoffs for the most part. You know, he had seventeen, you know, tonight. But but yeah, I mean, you said Kyle Lowry, it's his best game of the, of the finals. I'm happy for him. Like I don't dislike this Raptors. I, I if they win, man, I'm I'm hyped. I'm watching that whole parade and everything. I think it's awesome. Uh, I like seeing players that get bashed on a lot. Somebody like Kyle Lowry, and uh, I would like to. I like that he had a good game, but. Danny Green's one, you know, Danny Green, gosh, he shot the ball horrible in that Milwaukee series. And, uh, you know, especially there towards the end, but he did this, you know, it it just shows you when you're a veteran like this, that if that, if that shooting slump that happened to Danny Green happened to a, uh, a a guy that was less than three years into the league, that might've just sunk him for the rest of the playoffs. But a guy like Danny Green that's in his 30s that has been on these big moments forever and playing for the Spurs and stuff, you know, he's just – he's used to it. That's a veteran mentality that he comes to the playoffs and he just erases all of that. And, I mean, you saw tonight he's 6 for 10 from the three-point line. I mean, that, so that, that like, leaning three hit towards the end that of the game. wild. Yeah, insane. Uh, happy for him. Yeah, they they just got pieces that work together. Unrestricted free agent this you know this coming summer, Danny Green. There's a reason why we mentioned him as far as a Mavericks target. That you know how he fits alongside Kawhi uh, would be a way he could fit alongside Luka Doncic too. And I know both of us are fans of that. And uh, you might be getting uh, more talk about Danny Green in the near future. But um, yeah, solid game for for that backcourt of Green and Lowry tonight for sure, for sure. And now. They're up 2-1, play another game in Golden State, and they could go up 3-1, however bad Clay's injury is. I imagine he plays in game in game four, but he was a, a very close to game time decision. I was waiting to you know get the, the report that Clay isn't going to play. I was going to make a video quick, but it, they made it all the way to game time, and so he didn't get the, you know, get didn't get any prep on it, and then all of a sudden, um, they play this game without him. I mean, he they really missed him so much. I mean, just yeah. And it's it's wild in basketball what one player does to a team. And I tweeted this out. Just what what Clay does to that team is so crazy. <laughs> to be to be able to take one player out on off on defense, like he just takes a player out basically, and then on the other side of the ball, he just stretches the floor. You can run these things like. Like when Draymond or Andre Iguodala have the ball on top of the key and you have Clay and Steph on either wing, either getting picks set for themselves or setting picks for somebody else, there's just so much that can happen because you have to you have to you know respect the threat of both of those guys. And when you only have to respect one guy and the other guy is Quinn Cook or the other guy is Jarebko or McKinney or somebody like that, it just changes the dynamic of everything. And in basketball, one single player can change so much, and that's why the Luka Doncic – Porzingis pairing is just going to be so fun because one guy can change so much. Um, the players that Luca played with last year are nowhere near Porzingis's talent level or shooting ability. No. I mean, none of them. Not even yeah. not even Dirk because he was in his last season. I mean, he just it wasn't at that wasn't that point anymore. Prime Dirk, obviously, but 
the Dirk that Luca played with wasn't. And so it's going to be awesome. I'm just, I'm just very excited. And this game kind of proved to me a little bit more why we should be more excited about um, next season. So let's uh, let's move on to to Goran Dragic. Let's do our, our profile of him. Um, we've talked about this before, and I feel like a lot of people are against our idea. Uh, and I don't we don't even know if it's a real thing that can happen. But this is something that we've been been pitching for a while. So for anybody that's new listening to this for the first time, Isaac, pitch everybody what our idea is for um, bringing Goran Dragic onto the Mavericks. Yeah, so we we pitched this. This was one of the very first free agent things that we pitched out on this podcast. I I mean, literally back in like November, back in the fall. It was before Christmas time. Uh, we we pitched this out there on the pod of saying, just watch out for this. Watch out a poss- for a possibility that you could see a Goran Dragic type of um, DeAndre Jordan type of deal uh, come this summer. DeAndre Jordan was entering the last year of his deal. He had a player option with the Clippers. And he had that player option. He said, you know, he said, "Hey, he he could go one of two ways, you know, with the Clippers. I could opt into that last year and you can trade me to Dallas." And that's when uh, I think Mark Stein at the time reported that, "Hey, they're talking about could they trade Wesley Matthews for Dwight, you know, or for Dwight, for DeAndre Jordan, all this stuff if he just opted into the last year or uh he he, you know, tells the Clippers, say, "Hey, I'm just going to opt out of the last year, and I'll work it out with Dallas. Well, they'll just pay me the exact same amount that I would make if I opted in for one year, and it's a one year deal. Ultimately, that's what ended up happening. Dallas, you know, kept Wesley Matthews. He opts out of the last year of his deal, and they just signed basically DeAndre Jordan for the same amount, one year, uh, for the you know the same amount of money at the end of that deal. So, could the same thing happen with Dragic? Uh, yeah." The the same thing could happen with Dragic. Dragic has a player option with uh, with the Miami Heat for nineteen million dollars next season. He ha- he has to make that decision before June 29th. So I mean, roughly what nine days after the NBA draft, just um, just one day before teams can air quotes um, on a, for a podcast officially start talking free agents uh, on uh, June thirtieth at six you know six o'clock, but. Um, yeah, so there's a world in which they could, if Dragic says, Hey, I want to go to Dallas. And if they don't want to do some trade, Miami doesn't want to do a trade with Dallas. Dragic could tell Pat Riley in Miami and saying, Hey, I'm going to opt out. He opts out of last year, that deal. And he could call it doubt in Dallas who conveniently has the same agent, Bill Duffy as Luka Doncic and say, Let's just sign the one-year, $19 million deal, what I would be getting in Miami. Let's just sign it in Dallas, and then we'll revisit it next summer, kind of like DeAndre Jordan last year. Um, I think that's a strong possibility. That would be – that's the idea. That's how to get Dragic to the Mavericks. Now, that's what we've talked about before. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's go through the full profile, talking about Dragic, why that would be a good thing for the Mavericks, and why maybe the Mavericks shouldn't do that. All right, Isaac, Goran Dragic. Let's go through, now that we've talked about how the Mavericks could potentially get him, um, What? let's talk about some strengths and weaknesses. So Dragic, obviously, this season, limited with injury. He only played 36 games. But just the season before this past one, he was an all-star um, in the East. He was averaging you know, 17 points, four rebounds, four assists. And, uh, you know, he's, he's – 
been a really good player on some really good teams. He kind of took the mantle from Steve Nash in Phoenix, um, spent some time in Houston, went back to Phoenix. Um, and Dragic has obviously has great rapport with Luka Doncic. They play together. They're obviously both from Slovenia. And um, what's some other thoughts about, about Dragic and just strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, you said, I mean, he was an all-star last year. It, it kind of sucks to judge Dragic for this past season. Uh, you, you almost, in a way, have to throw out this past year because, you know, he played, I think it was like 12 games to start the season. He had the knee injury that took place and just trying to figure out if he could, you know, he was resting through that, trying to get over that, uh, going through treatment. It didn't really work, so... That's when they elected to have the knee surgery to kind of clean up what was going on in there. You know, that sidelined him for three months. And on top of, you know, this, you know, three months out of your season going away at the age of, you know, what, 31 years old. Uh, he just turned 32 not too long ago. But uh, at the age of 31, going through the knee surgery, you got three months. In that three months, Miami transitions to Justice Winslow. As their you know starting point guard then, which was a weird transition, and then Dragic comes back healthy towards the end of the season, and uh, well, air quote healthy comes back, and then he comes and he comes back, but he's coming off the bench with Dwayne Wade, and then eventually he takes back over the starting spot towards the end of the year. It's just a super weird season for Dragic. You know, he only played what thirty six games this past year. 12 at the beginning, I think 26 at the end. Um, his role was changing. Like I said, he came off the bench and then, you know, and, and all that. So it's just, I, I'm i looking at this past, this past season with just a grain of salt on it. The numbers, the shooting numbers, the everything about it, because it was just a weird, weird season for him. Uh, I think, yeah, it, the biggest takeaway from it is you can't ignore the, the knee injury. Because I get that. I mean, he's 32 years old. He just had a right, you know, a surgery on his right knee. Like a lot of people in in the NBA who cover the league, no knee injury is a minor deal. Every knee injury means something. This is what all the uh, the media that played in that media game the other day are uh, are limping <laughs> home thinking about right now. They understand this very well. And I want to I want to preface this whole thing by saying that this is not what we think should be priority number one for the Mavericks. Like we don't think this is the Correct. first thing they should try and do. Uh, but this is just an option. Let's say, you know, a lot of other things go wrong, and they, you know, they decide to go after this. We would, we would be for it because he has the rapport with Luca, obviously, and there's, there's a history there that can work together. And uh, we understand the defense. I mean, obviously, weakness. There's a defensive issue there, and but this wouldn't be the priority number one. This would be if you know. If we don't want to go into the season with, you know, Jalen Brunson as the starting point guard, this is another avenue they could go if they strike out on all the other big names. Yeah, well, I, and I, I do want to mention too. I don't think the DeAndre Jordan one year deal. I don't think that's the only way for Dragic to land in Dallas either. I think there is a world in which if Dragic does want to play alongside his buddy, you know, with Luca, he wants to play with a team that has playoff aspirations and that he knows he's going to start on. You know, you could, and he considers his age at 32. He could look at it and say, "Hey, I would rather take a little bit less annual salary, but get a, you know a, another year or two guaranteed instead of like a one-year wonder type of th- type of thing." So, if that's the case, you know, could you look at instead of one year 19, would you look at like two years at 15? 
if it's like a two-year $30 million deal or even like a three-year $45 million deal, $15 million a year, would you be down with that? Would you be okay with that? Would Dallas be okay with that? Because uh, then you're looking at 32, 33, and you know, 34 years old uh, over the course of those next three years. Yeah, the multiple years thing is interesting to me. I I'm more okay with it if it's just a one year thing and they get to reload and try something else coming, you know, next summer. I don't know about more than one year. What do you feel about more than one year? If it's a deal I'd like be you da- just said. I'd be down for the two year. I'd be down for the two year thirty. Uh you lock him at a fifteen million a year for the next two years and you it kind of goes back to what you know what you're saying before and going back to our, actually uh, the layout of our profile here the strengths of it a huge strength of this is his chemistry with Luca I think you know yeah Luca is you know, far advanced for any normal rookie even maturity wise and everything for the NBA but surrounded him with guys that are going to just be those role models mentors and that's what Dragic already is. But you see that whatever you think about, but you know, Salah's in his 30s. He obviously has a good relationship with Salah. I think Salah will probably be back next year. But you bring in Dragic, somebody that's going to start alongside of him. I mean, it was just two summers ago, which I know two years is long, you know, long time in the NBA stuff. But it's just two summers ago that they're teaming up for the national team of Slovenia. They're, they're beating Serbia in the finals of the Eurobasket. They're winning this title. Dragic is MVP. I mean, Dragic is, I mean, just raving about this young kid, 18 year old kid, after the game, saying that he's going to be one of the best players in the world. And I mean, this we're all seeing highlights of this. <laughs> and then and he was it. the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's coming. It's coming to fruition now. But uh, they have. They know how to play. You know, together. Igor, the you know, Kukoskov who just got fired from the you know the Suns and stuff. That was their head coach and stuff. Then you know they they know how to play alongside each other. They know how to play off of each other. They know how to maximize each other's strengths. And uh, that. That's not something, especially when your best player is, you know, your best player and cornerstone guy moving forward is Luca at such a young age, bringing in his mentor who still is playing at a, a good level on the back end of his career for sure. Uh, but to kind of help usher him, continue to uh, bring Luca down that path, I don't think any part of that would be a bad idea. And Dragic is a good outside shooter. That's the thing, you know, it's just, his all-star season last year before all the, you know, funky year that just happened, you know, he shot 37% from the field the year before that he shot 40%. I mean, from the three the year before that he shot 40% from three. He's a career 36% shooter from three. So when it comes to those, you know, things, those, the check marks that you want to check off alongside Luca, the being able to knock down an outside shot, you know, shot his catch and shoot, you know, st- stats guarded and un- unguarded is very good, you know, according to synergy. So he can knock down that outside shot defensively. It's a different, you know, conversation. It's not horrible, but it's, you know, he's not a Patrick Beverly type either. So I think it would be fine for sure. I think it would, it would matter a lot of who you would put around him for sure too. And a move like this, and let's end here, uh, unless you have anything else. I have a few more things I just want to throw out there. The the move, this kind of move for the Mavericks would signal an idea that a superstar player doesn't win an NBA championship or really do a ton. I guess I guess you can't say that because Jokic just went to the you know Western Conference Finals or no he was he was close but um, 
a superstar doesn't win an NBA title until they're like 25, right? I mean, it takes yeah. it takes a while for them to get to that point. And so for Luka to be groomed into that player, I know we all get our get ahead of ourselves and say like, Psh, if they get the right team around him, if they get Jimmy Butler, if they get Kawhi, they could go win the NBA championship right now. <laughs> Let's maybe slow down on that a little bit and try to to set this up for the long haul. They're going to sign Porzingis to this five-year deal, you know, or the the four the, the four-year max that they are allowed to. Then you want to start this and start Luca down this path where he has some some mentorship. He has you know some growing pains. Maybe they do make the playoffs this year and they're able to have somebody alongside of him that has been there with him before to help him guide. That's been in the playoffs before a couple times with different teams and different systems who can help guide him through this. And yeah, Goran Dragic is a very special case. There's no, there's probably no one else in the free agent market that we would say this about and that's why this is the only time that we will mention this kind of scenario where they bring in a guy like this to come in and mentor luca and to just be like the the older brother kind of guy that has been there and done that before exactly and he gives you we talked about rubio a few days ago he gives you everything that rubio would give you except he can actually hit a three (laughs) and in that he is this point guard that Carlock could throw out there and he would know the system. He could trust him to run the system. He can be that secondary playmaker alongside Luca. They can play off each other. When Luca's off the floor, you know this guy's going to run the system right and get everybody involved. And I know I threw this out there a long time ago, but I think um, a long term peak picture of Jalen Brunson I would love to see it uh, looking like a Goran Dragic type so not only would Luca be able to learn with his mentor and and Dragic and play alongside of him I think I think Jalen Brunson could learn a lot from Dragic too and just their styles and lefties and and all that so yeah I, I, I like I definitely like the pairing together going back to what I said before I think it just would have to it would put a lot of emphasis on what those other two spots in the starting lineup would be because that would solidify three three guys in your starting unit at you know Porzingis Luka and Dragic what does those other two spots in the lineup look like and immediately whoever that next wing is would be key because ideally you would probably want that next wing to be the guy that guarded, you know, the other, the Kyrie's of the world and stuff like that. So could you go out, you know, in that scenario in which if you could, you know, convince Dragas say, Hey, come to Dallas on that like two for 30 deal, 15 million a year, then you still have, you know, 15 to 17 million to, you know, play around with in free agent money. Then can you go out and get another wing, another guy that can, take on these defensive matchups uh, against these other top guards in the league. Uh, that would be the next thing of how you'd fill out the rest of the starting lineup. Yeah. And, uh, and this would also be a move to focus on being just an incredible offense and maybe just kind of punting on defense, you know, <laughs> for, a, for a little bit too. You do want to add, like you say, those kind of guys, but maybe they just decide, okay, we're just going to be a run and gun kind of team. We got these awesome offensive players. We're just going to try to outscore everybody this year and try and, you know, continue on this Luca path. Yeah, for sure. And, but I, I don't want people to think he's just a black hole on defense too, because he's not that. He's not a. Uh, there are some defensive you know, statistics that show uh, over the past couple of seasons, not this past one, because you know whatever. Um, that show that you know he was 
not that bad on defense. I don't want defensive stats. I, I'm not the biggest fan of. They're really hard to judge with players and stuff. But uh, he's not a he's not horrific on on defense. But you know, like I said, he's not a Patrick Beverly either. So I think he could hold his ground. He plays really smart defense. Uh, he's very intellectual when it comes to that. But um, I think you would you would still need another guy on the wing, maybe another guy in the backcourt that could take those assignments. Right. 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 So, all right, anything else you want to say about Dragic before we end here? No, no, no. Uh, just that I, I'm a fan of it. I think there is uh, I think there is a, a chance of of Dragic being in Dallas. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, Bill Duffy, same agent as Luka. The Luka connection is very real. Uh, man, if we thought Slovenia fans uh, loved the Dallas Mavericks then, uh, I think – we could just, you know, have just a one-way flight, you know, that people would be coming over left and right to see uh, to see the Mavericks at that point. And I'd like to see the smile on Luca's face for that. I would just like, I think these next, you know, year two and year three for Luca is going to be huge. And I don't know what to fully expect of what that's going to look like. Are we looking at, uh, yeah, I don't want to throw... Uh, you know, insane expectations for Luca these next, you know, these next two years. But I know that Dragic being alongside of him, I don't think it would hurt him. And I think he would enjoy that. And I think it would, it would truly give him, we talked about it before with the Dirk thing. Dirk thing was fun. It was like an uncle Dirk for him. It was, um, um, it was, it was fun to see them two together, but it was very evident that, Dirk wasn't, it wasn't a, Hey, a mentorship, let's hang out all the time type of relationship. They were very open about that. Super. They loved each other, super respectful, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, Hey, come underneath my wing and joke. I mean, Dirk even joked in one of those pieces. Like, yeah, I think I came out of underneath Lucas wings and learning from him. <laughs> like it wasn't one of those type of relationships. So I think if it was, if Dragic did come to Dallas, I think it really would be one of those type of relationships because it's already there. Then they would just be alongside each other all the time. So uh, I would definitely be a fan of it. The only way I wouldn't be a fan of it is if it's something like, hey, two for 40, <laughs> you know, if yeah. it's like 20 million a year, multiple years, then I would kind of be a little bit worried about that for sure. But if it's two, two for 15 a year, or even that one-year DeAndre type deal after you kind of missed on some of the other bigger names. Uh, I'm down for that for sure. For sure. All right, there you go. That's Goran Dragic. That's our thoughts on the finals. Guys, tweet us what you think about this idea of bringing on Dragic to the Mavericks. I know all the Slovenian people will probably be for it. Uh, and just imagine, think about the Miami home game this year with the with the Mavericks and all the Slovenian fans that came. And imagine that's just Dallas. You just you now you're now the Slovenian team. For for the NBA, which which we're all for, and remember, he has a choice to make before uh, June 29th. He has to figure out if he's going to opt into that last year or he's going to opt out, and that's a big decision for him because he is 32. If there is something like Dallas and something calling, if he doesn't think he's going to get close to that 20, does he opt into the 19 but realize at that point he's an expiring contract and then Miami can include him in any other deals and he might not get to pick his own home? Or he says, I'm going to opt out, take a little bit less money, choose my next home, and be alongside a friend of mine in Luka and a team that could be pushing for the playoffs too. That that decision's super intriguing to me. And whatever happens, especially if he opts out, I think there'll be a lot of 
eye emojis with Mavericks Twitter. I think there'll be a lot of speculating and fun. A lot of people in the Mavericks universe will be talking if word comes out soon that Dragic opts out. There we go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.